His design was pretty dope, I have to say. It was kind of wacky, but like, I don't know. Maybe my, not my forte. All right, I'm gonna just come out and say it. I don't, I don't, I don't I like, like the uh, most sugar coated. I don't, I don't like Gustang, and I don't like the Pobedell family. I'm gonna be real. AOA, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kenway. Yeah. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Look, plugged in, you could catch the hype. Golden Dawn, how we follow the light. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boys, Isaiah. Oh, hi, oh. And Gavin. Mm, what is Gucci Shoes? And today we're talking Tower of God, of course, part one of our discussion. Check out our live stream if you haven't already. Link is in the description down below under the AOA Reacts channel where you can find all of our reaction videos, Tower of God included. But we finally finished season two, which is really awesome. We had some pretty sweet questions uh, this time around that we are going to read off and answer. Uh, really crazy set of chapters here. New characters introduced. There's a lot of exciting stuff going down, so I'm excited to hop into it. Um, so without further ado, let's hop into it. Gavin, why don't you read us the first question? Mm, okay, our first question is in by Paul Gifted. You know what, Paul? What makes you so gifted? No, I'm kidding. I'm sure you're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro. Like .3 <laughs> seconds and already calling somebody out. No, no I'm sure you're you're gorgeous. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right. Since uh, since the floor of death, the fights in Tower of God have become more beam and power level centric, uh, creating some incredible spectacles, but seem more typical shonen. Uh, gone, uh, gone are the game show psychological warfare style battles the series started with. Is this something you've noticed? Is it a problem? Do you have a preference? Does it even matter? Feel free to elaborate, and thanks for the awesome content you guys put out. I appreciate you, my guy, Paul, who is gifted. Don't forget it. Um, so is this something you've noticed? I, For me personally, yes. I mean, it's kind of evident that, obviously, they are nuking everything. Every <laughs> like every single like panel, more or less. Um, it, it's definitely something that I feel everyone has noticed. Um is it a problem? I would say no at the moment, although I, not that I see it a problem in the future, but um, I've heard from people who have read Tower of God, um, not naming names, but they're just, they're, they're like friends of mine who have said that, who are caught up with Tower of God completely, and a drawback for them is what this question is based off of in terms of elaborate fights, and some people say it like, not that it takes you out of it, but it becomes so nuclear and so crazy that it's hard to follow. You can't really tell what's going on. And even if you do, it's just not, it is obviously just a different style than what the show originated on. So I think it's badass because I'm obsessed with the characters as I feel most of us are. So when they just go absolutely crazy and like ape poop, it's awesome. Like who doesn't like it? Um, so I'm about it. I think it's cool. Plus it really gets, allows SIU to show like a new flair of art, which I think, I appreciate and is really dope, even though he literally breaks his wrist over it. So, yeah, is it a, so? I think that's all of. Does it even matter? Uh, feel free. Do you have a yeah. preference? Do you have a pre um, that's really good. One. Preference is it? That is a good question. Uh, I do prefer the old style. I'd say, but it really depends. Like you can integrate them both, and mm -hmm. I think that really. Just we'll find out in the future if that does become something that is added because obviously we have characters like Nissing and such who aren't on that level of 
nuking everybody. So I feel like he's going to be able to balance it yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel like they are going to have like a chance to back and forth. So you get like the best of both worlds. That's what I'm hoping. Um, because I mean, who doesn't like a good knife fight or fist fight or anything like that? And I mean, our characters are amazing. I just want to see them in general. But um, yeah, I would say my preference though is more old school. However, it hasn't tainted my viewpoint in the current fights that we have been seeing. Mm. What do you think? Um, so yeah, let's start with the first question here. Um, Going on the psychological warfare battles, this series started with, is it something you noticed? Yes, pr- like Gavin said, pretty apparent. It's gone from, like, you know, the Yuri Karaka fight, which was, like, the one thing centered around a bunch of other fights to, like, every chapter somebody's getting a nuke dropped on them. Um, is it a problem? I don't really think so. I think, uh, at least so far, Tower of God hasn't really done anything to where I'm like, all right, I don't even care anymore. Because it's like, because, like, sort of like you're saying, I'm still invested, you know, far too much into the characters that, like, as the fights are happening, it's like, I, you know, I, I, it's like, it's a, it's cool to see these characters that I've like watched get to that stage, display this kind of stuff and like be able to fight on this level. Um, so I don't have a problem with it. Uh, do I have a preference? I guess I prefer like a mix of both. Um, I, I wouldn't even say necessarily that like the old style is gone though. I mean like we, you know, at this time we are just about to get into season three and I don't know what's in there, but you know, I, I don't see like that there's no way for him to either mix you know, this sort of fantastical, more fighting style with, like, the more grounded psychological warfare, um, or even go back to it, because, again, not every single character here has to be on that, you know, status of, like, I'm dropping nukes every day. Um, Yeah, so my preference is probably mixed, and does it even matter? I gotta be honest, at the end of the day, it really doesn't for me. As far as the fighting style goes, as long as the story makes sense, and as long as the characters don't do anything wildly or ridiculously inconsistent, um, for me, it doesn't. Mm. Yeah, certainly noticed it a while ago. Is it a problem? I feel like that's um, an interesting question. Not that it was intended this way, but almost a loaded one (laughs) in the sense that I don't think it's a problem unless you're trying to make the story something that it's not, right? So if we were trying to sell this idea that it was like, oh, we're still, you know, this is still like a, a like a test-oriented thing, which it is technically, but it's like, let's make sure we're putting the, the, the focus on that and all that kind of thing, and then we're like going through this ridiculousness where there's like nukes going off and everything, then then it's a problem, but I don't think that it's a problem in this respect because the the story knows what it is. Like SIU knows what he's writing and, and, and telling a story of, so I don't think it's an issue in that, respect but i do think when shows try and claim that they are one thing but then try and like add the elements but half-ass them or it's just like skewed then it becomes a problem but that's not for this story uh do you have a preference or does it matter um i have i i do have a preference towards i guess we could call it the old style uh personally i do really like the idea of creativity when it comes to anime not to say the tower of god is not creative any longer because it certainly is the the world building just you know in and of itself is something that's fantastical and incredibly creative the way they just navigate life you know let alone the fights and the powers and how they use them but i do really like the early hunter hunter vibe the early tower god vibe like this idea of climbing a tower or proceeding through 
due to testing, like these certain style of tests that have to be taken and utilized in very different ways. And the issue is, is that a lot of times I've seen these shows or stories that utilize this, but obviously have a long lifespan and go very long. It's only so long that they can maintain that before, at least in the situations that I've encountered, the characters get to this level, right? Where it's like, nuclear blasts for punch and like they're just they got all this litany of abilities and like they've kind of almost superseded the the test thing where it's like i don't really need to navigate this maze because i'll just blow it up or like we're just so past that now because we're talking about like people trying to control fate and like the world ending and all that kind of stuff so it's like yeah they passed the test like you know that's good like you're good there um so i do prefer that style but i understand the necessity to discard it if your story goes for as long as it does, if that makes sense. So it's like a bittersweet thing for me where it's like, okay, we've now reached this point in the, in the show, in the story where it's like, we're kind of moving past that. But what's great is that something that these guys pointed out is that this style also has its, its pluses to it though, right? Gone are the days where, you know, we're going to have to navigate through some sort of like crown game style thing. But now we have the ability to elaborate on some of the abilities and fights and things like that in a way that we didn't have before. So I think that there's a way now to do it. It's just framed differently. And I think that's where the preference comes in because they both have their strengths and they both have their weaknesses. Um, I just feel personally, if I had to choose one, I do like the super like analytical, how are we going to navigate this test? Where's the twist and turn over the like super crazy nuclear level fights? Um, because I feel like, a lot of shonens go that route inevitably. And to me, it just like, that's a lot of times for me when I get a, a little bit disenfranchised with them. Um, but that's, that's my personal take. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't do it well. And so far I think they're doing it pretty well, but we'll just have to see. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm going to move on to the second question. Unless anyone's got anything. I'm also going to take a swig of Shinsu because my mouth is dry. <laughs> anyway, oh, Talked a lot there. Second question comes uh, from Red Raikage. Thank you for the question, Red. Red asks, I'm going to talk about our seemingly eternal kingdom built on adventure and greatness, lies and truth, as well as what's bound to happen someday. And everyone ignored it because they were so concerned with happiness, wealth, and stability. King of the Tower and my dear friends, a rift has begun to form. That was a quote by... Uh, uh, what's his face? The Gustang's dude. Yeah. Like his messenger guy from that family. Your thoughts on the Pobedo family member relaying Gustang's words to Jihad's army. Also, what do you think of his design? Um, his design was pretty dope. I have to say it was kind of wacky, but like, I don't know, maybe my, not my forte. All right, I'm gonna just come out and say it. I don't, I don't, I don't that was like, like the uh, most sugarcoated. I don't, I don't like Gustang, and I don't like the Pobedo family. I'm gonna be real with you. Like I've only seen those two, but they kind of just seem like pompous d bags for the most part. That call each other bugs and vermin. Like when they talk to anyone, and it's like, wow, dickhead. You know what I mean? Like you can address me by my fucking name, and it's John. Everybody, whatever. I really like how the question was. How do you like? Him? How do you like how he looks? What do you think of his design? And it's he is an asshole, a dirtbag, all of them. It's like, bro, we're talking about drip here. Not like Gavin. I think based on the amount of times that you will go for people's kneecaps and talk about <laughs> who you don't like, I I let me have this one. Let me have this one, okay? Because you have plenty. I'm just saying. I don't like the vibe that 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 family. I don't know if it's just Gustang and that guy. Ironically, kind of mirrored that vibe where it's like vermin. Like you don't even don't even speak his name type thing. Like 
And I know all the families are like that to an extent because they're like this holier than thou thing. And yeah, of course, they're like gods among men, right? So it's like, fair enough. They like, they can back it up. So like, I get it. But I guess it's just like the whole aesthetic too and like everything that goes along with it where it's like this like super pompousness where it's like, yes, we read books all day and um, do this, that, and the third and like nobody could come here. So I don't know. I, I think that um, it's a bunch of... I, I genuinely think it's a like the way this relates to what I was going to say, because I think the quote is like this, like overabundance of like flashy words and, you know, this like amazing quote where it's like rule the day because all of you were like in greed and all that kind of shit. And it's like, just shut the fuck up and say you declare war. So, I mean, like I, they're, they're declaring war like that. That's it. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're like these like self-proclaimed philosophers that try and like dance circles around you with their words and try and look smart when they could just fucking say it in a sentence. And it's like, kind of drives me crazy because they're so fucking pompous about it. So it's just like literally all of philosophy. <laughs> no, but it's like, see, but like you're, there's a way to explain that. You know what I mean? That's like, and it's like, and it's unfortunate because you're right. Like a lot of that, those, you know, that, that style, like they just try and like dance words around you to make it seem like they're smarter than they are. And it's like, but the quote's cool, I guess. You know what I mean? Like whatever. <laughs> like I, I, like that's what we're going for. We're talking about the quote. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, whatever. A cock. <laughs> yeah. A rift has begun to form. That's really it. They're declaring war, right? They're basically saying that you guys have been in your, basically Jihad is a tyrant and he is so, conservative in the sense that he is trying to keep the status quo at any given cost, right? So he's so rigid in his form of command and that nothing can break from that as to disrupt the flow of what's going on. But unfortunately the flow has stagnated and coagulated and there's, and it's, and it's, and there's poison in the water. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and Jihad just will refuse to change the pipes. So these people are like, you know, this message is basically you guys are so freaking concerned with everything being as it is, your wealth, your stability, your happiness, etc. It's going to come crashing down on you. And it seems to be that they're going to be the ones to do it. Like you made a mistake declaring war on us. We're not going to back down and we're not going to, we're not going to take this lightly or we're going to not going to take this lying down. So get ready because this rift is going to change everything that there is in the tower. So it's an ominous message for sure. And all jokes aside, it's definitely in, it's imposing because this, family for as much as I was just ragging like the giants and like all these like crazy things like I don't know if that's the whole family and it's like their family's incredibly small but it's like a select 10 of them or if it's yeah. like these are the head honchos or like why are some giant and some are not etc very interesting dynamic there and I'm curious to see those other characters fleshed out and how that is I think that would be cool the idea of a family that isn't so abundantly large like you get the coon family and he's got nine billion kids walking around everywhere right and they're all gifted as hell but i think the concept of a family that's like no there's like 10 of us actually mm -hmm. um kind of like the rea family in a sense where it's like one <laughs> but i mean like you know on, on a smaller scale mm -hmm. but like all 10 of those people are like badass like you're gonna need an army for each of them you know like i think that'd be a cool kind of concept so i don't know if that is the thing but uh, it's an ominous message indeed, and uh, a war has started. They have accepted the challenge, and now it seems that Gustang had his cards in order beforehand, so he's going to go in with some sort of 4D chess sort of plan. But anyway, thoughts uh, on So, yeah, um, most of what you said, at least in the latter half, I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> um, really? Where <laughs> it's like, well, I love Gustang. <laughs> um but I, where, you know, this met, this is, yeah, it's obviously this is a threat to Jihad and Jihad putting out an order to be like, yeah, we need to now exterminate the entire Pobedo family. Uh, you know, 
them sort of clapping back and being like, oh, you think you're getting rid of us? No, this, like, fight that's about to happen has actually been brewing for a lot longer than you think. Like, this did not start with you issuing the order against us. This started because you had the silly idea that you could build this great eternal kingdom that could last forever and everybody could be happy and wealthy and whatever. Um, this is, like, you know, the world of Tower of God, but to some degree, this is reality. And, like, that, even that in this kind of world doesn't exist. You don't get to have that. Nobody gets to have that. And just the fact that you thought you could have that makes you stupider than you actually are. Because that just sounds like something the Gustang family would say. Um, and none of you guys have played the game, but uh, one of my favorite games of all time, Persona 5, one of the, like, mechanics that you use in the game to, like, enter dungeons in the game, which is, like, it's an RPG thing, Um is you have to issue out calling cards to, like, the person whose dungeon you're entering because the dungeon is in their mind. It's like a whole thing. Um, but the calling cards, because this group that are called the Phantom Thieves are sending these calling cards to the person before they can infiltrate their dungeon, the way the calling card is written is it's written a lot like this. It's almost like this super vague, very, you know, philosophically worded threat where it's like, you know, like you harbinger of greed, like you have, yeah. you know, forsaken and stepped on the innocent people of the city for far too long, like that kind of stuff. And so this just very much feels like that where it's like, you know, you were saying it is a very uh, imposing and a very direct, uh, you know, threat to Jihad and his empires. Like you may think you can just issue orders to get rid of whoever you want. Um, that's not going to happen this time. And like, you've opened up a bigger can of worms than, than you think. Mm. Mm. Gavin, what do you think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I'm going to talk about this guy's design because you guys went heavy on it, and um, he. Oh, I think it's cool. Just side note, I, cool. <laughs> I, I uh, forgot okay. about that. I, he's cool. He looks like a librarian. So. Dude, facts. He's like he's like a hipster <laughs> librarian with like these cool magical powers, and who does not love that? So I gotta say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, apparently, and yeah, no, hundred percent true. Um, yeah, the guy he looks, looks like mid. a G. He looks like looks me. Get out of here, fucking Howard Yoon. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna um, go fucking smack nah, you with a ruler if you don't put your book back in the right way. Good, maybe I will let him smack. <laughs> me with a ruler, Ian, because that might add some excitement in my life. No, Much is, needed, apparently. The, yeah, I mean, that's what I have you guys for, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, yeah, design, sweet. I thought it looked pretty cool, and I was about his glasses, so, you know, we gotta stick together. Oh, I get it. All right. This is a this is a discrimination against people who don't wear glasses. Whoa, 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 don't be talking about my glasses peeps out there, because we are homies. Ain't that right? Again, this is a discrimination look, look, thing against I, people. No, you can wear glasses, Ian. They make glasses <laughs> that literally have no lens, and you can be one All of those. If you want to join the squad? Like they make glasses for idiots, Ian. You can wear them. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much better. Why didn't I say that? I'm not hearing Gavin say it's, it's not a discriminatory <laughs> thing. He's saying that you could also wear glasses and fit in with us, or you could be a loser. Look, it's the court of law, and I don't have to agree to discriminate people with us. <laughs> Exactly. Unreal. Unreal. This is a war. If okay, you can't so beat him, join him. And apparently you're the one that's... I see uh, it. Gavin has sided with the Pobedo family. <laughs> and you're not with us? You're against us. You're against us. Glasses or not. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, but they can give me some of that uh, Yuri booty, then, I mean, maybe I will side with them. <laughs> How I'm do we just get saying. I mean, that, No, you're <laughs> saying, oh, you're siding with them, and I'm oh, saying they no. can get me what I want, which is Yuri and Cone, oh, okay. then we can make a decision. Don't oh, okay hey, me. What do, you, what do you think this is going to be? Ca put that camera on. Don't let Gavin hit you no, with wait, that. No, why am I listening to you? I don't need to. I have control, bitch. You ain't got nothing. You only lost. Don't let spirit. Gavin. Don't let Gavin hit you with that political move right there. Political where move. Where he took the issue 
and completely subverted it to now your Yuri and Kun emotions, which we know everyone loves those characters, and said, I'm going to now spin this as a Kun Yuri or, thing. Or we could take your original political point where me saying this guy looked cool to you saying, oh, you are a goose and blah, blah, blah. And then I rebuttal that by saying, if they can get me what I want, which what happens in the natural world, then Wait. we have a deal. Wait, Gavin, yeah, what's your rebuttal? Oh, goose blah, blah, blah. That's what, that's what you're No, rebuttal. my rebuttal is if goose gets me the booty, then we got the cooties. And that's all that matters, my guy. I'm just saying, if he can get you Howard Yoon on a silver platter and hand it to you and be like, Ian, just be a homie. You know, maybe maybe just pretend to like us a little bit. We will give you Howard Yoon. And I guarantee you, you'd be on your knees going, yeah. That's a nice Praise. try to get me what to wear glasses, see? but people out there wear contacts too. Okay. What if I get well, not everybody yeah. can wear contacts. You're trying to make fun of us, Ian? Okay. All right. Making fun of the people who can't wear contacts. Yeah. Uh, it was Gavin's fault. That's all we oh, need to know. Here we <laughs> go. Here we go. <laughs> Fucking get my giblets off of it. Yeah. Ian, don't touch Gavin's giblets. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do. He can touch my chickpeas instead. <laughs> How about we get on to this third question? This one, by the way, uh, had 29 upvotes, which might be a record. Sure it did. That's a big number. Anyway. The question <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot what the question is, was. Uh, <laughs> the question is by uh, Alegis, who, you know, not every question hits, but I appreciate you trying. Uh, um, Jesus. Your question, out. yeah, we're just all off today. Uh, is Gustang offered Rachel three wishes at the end of season two. What do you think she'll wish for? Um... To die. <laughs> um, no, I I don't know. She's probably going to wish for, like, some way to be powerful, some way to be beautiful, and some way to, like, get to the top of the tower or some shit. Um, I'm going to be honest, and this might be a little bit of a hot take. Um, don't worry. I already gave my hot take, so I'm sure whatever. It's okay. Spit it. Say what's I don't about. have any fucks left to give to Rachel. <laughs> I just don't. Like, and when I say that, I mean, like, literally in theorizing. I'm like, oh, well, what if she's, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about her anymore. I don't, I'm like, so so gone are the days of my, like, violent, red hot rage where it's like, oh, fuck, Rachel, like, punch her in the face 900 times, like, and, and, and she gets off too lucky. Now it's just like, just go into a corner and die. Like, I'm just, I'm done. You're, you've become irrelevant in my mind to the story. You've become irrelevant to these characters. Like, your whole thing here was with Bam, where it was like, oh, you know, you're going to be a good psychological torment to Bam because obviously he, he really likes you and he admires you and looks up to you. And you like, you're sort of his everything in a way, but like, you're the worst person that's ever existed. So it's like, how does he, you know, that psychological, like, how does Bam grow from that? We're done. We're past that whole thing. He, he deleted your number. He said, move on. He said, bye bye, bitch. We're done. Like, I, there's nothing left here in this story for me to get from you. And if you don't have that tie-in, which is the emotional thing, and you don't have any sort of power, you know, tie-in that makes you physically a threat or relevant to the story, what in the actual fuck are you still doing here? And why are you not dead? There's so many times <laughs> where this girl should have just kicked it already. And through coincidence, happenstance, like, ah, oh, she just happened to be here. She's, like, still alive, and I just don't get it, and I'm kind of done with her. I'm just so <laughs> tired. I don't care what she wishes for. I don't care, because if it's not death, I don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> now you go. <laughs> sure. Uh, to be fair, I do I do agree in the sense that I think – so I think this will be very interesting <laughs> – <laughs> you got me all messed up now theorizing about Rachel. I think because <laughs> now I feel weird theorizing. No, so um, no, honestly, I do think this will be an interesting. This will be a telling 
set of wishes here um, in terms of where her character is currently and where her character is going. And I want to say that I kind of already know the answer. It's going to, you know, going to be something that's bringing other people down than rather than trying to, you know, use something to bring some sort of positivity to the world, unfortunately. Um, but I think that Rachel can pose this in a couple of ways. And I'm curious to know if Rachel's wish is something along the lines of, okay, help me climb the tower or help me do X thing. Or if it's going to be that she has the choice between that and taking vengeance on someone like Endorsey, right? And chooses the latter because that's really telling to see if she gives into, because to be fair, her, you know, she's winning, I guess, over in Dorsey if she gets to climb the tower, right? In that sense. But it'd be interesting to see if Rachel chooses to go down the path of resentment completely and totally kind of abandoning some of those other things in, in, ter- in, um, in lieu of those short-term goals, those narrow-sighted goals, right, because of her hate um, and her negativity, or if she puts that aside and says, okay, and Dorsey did X thing, but I have a huge opportunity here to try and elevate myself to whatever level I need to, and if that means that I don't have to, you know, like maybe I don't even have to mess with Bomb and crew anymore or whatever, I don't think that's going to be the case, but like that would be an interesting character development thing there because I think it would be like, okay, now that I have the means to do so, do I really care about this petty vengeance thing against them or am I going to do my own thing now? Um, Because a lot of the argument for Rachel that I see is that, oh, Rachel is incredibly human because she's fragile. She has weaknesses, plenty of them. She's not outstanding at anything. She's pretty mediocre or worse at everything. So it's like, yeah, like, you know, she's going to be embroiled in this sort of conflict and here and like work with the tools that she's got. But now that she has one of the most powerful people in the tower being like, I'm going to give you three wishes, like a freaking genie. Like you have a lot of play with that. And to, to I'm curious to see if she utilizes that totally for resentment or totally towards, you know, it's not going to be for others, but at least towards her self-growth and kind of move, maybe helping herself move past that. You know what I wonder? I wonder if she's even going to get any of these wishes at all. I, because let's I don't not know, forget actually, that anyway. yeah. Gustang is giving these to her because he's like, well, Vermin, since you helped me mm-hmm. get this thing, which let's not forget, she didn't do. So if mm-hmm. Gustang finds out that Bam is actually the one who got that and not her, that thing only got it because it went back to Rachel, but mm-hmm. Rachel didn't get it. Like if he finds out that she was not useful and didn't do it, like, what do you think he would retract on this, this statement and then be like, oh, turns out you're actually useless. Never mind. I think he might be messing with her, too, because I think he he probably like I think he knew that when he sent bomb there that it was like Rachel was the contingency where it's like if bomb doesn't get that, she's going to. So it's not like, oh, Rachel, good job in getting that over bomb. It was like, no, the thing's in my hand. So I really don't give a shit who got it type thing. Okay. At least that's the way I'm seeing it. So I don't know if he's really going to be able to fulfill these wishes or if there's going to be like some monkey's paw style thing where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, whatever. But if this is like a genie scenario, mm-hmm. like, you know, he yeah, can yeah, literally yeah, yeah. just do that. I think yeah, yeah. Rachel, if I had to, you know, after all that said and done, I said my piece there. I think that she's going to wish, like you said, for some sort of beauty um, because she's incredibly insecure about that um, and some sort of vengeance against Endorsey. And then the third wish, I don't know, actually. I don't know if it would be just for power, just in general, or if that power is to be like, let me fight Endorsey or if I just want her dead or whatever. Um, So I don't know. I'm kind of in the dark on what that third wish might be, but I think those are in line with two that, that I might think. What do you think, Gavin? Um, it's interesting. I, it really, for me, 
as weird as it sounds, I'm more curious on the way how she's getting said wishes, as if if it's the genie sense where someone who can literally just spawn anything out of nowhere. I'm wondering if there's going to be like um. And if you guys watch Fairly Odd Parents when yeah. you were kids, mm-hmm. if, did you ever watch that episode where there was a genie that popped up, and if you rubbed the lamp, you got three wishes, and with every wish that you made, there was a cause and effect in it. So if you were like, I want to be a millionaire, there was one where like Timmy was a millionaire, but it was his dad who stole the money. It like zoomed in on the sure. TV and his dad oh, stole, like the monkey yeah. paw thing. Yeah, like a monkey paw thing. That's usually genies, yeah, dicks. Yeah, <laughs> so so I'm that would be interesting, but I actually don't think they're going that route. And the route that I foresee happening is it has to be something attainable by Gustang, as in something purchasable or something that they're able to give them. So off the bat, with that said, I feel like it's out of the realms for her to ask for anything appearance-wise to be changed, because that wouldn't be physically possible unless there's some sort of magic voodoo involved. Not to mention, if you looked at that ugly face, there's no fixing, no matter what you think <laughs> you do. So it would have to be magic to do so. So that immediately for me is out of the question. The only other things that I can see are immunity in some way in terms of not being able to get iced quickly or have some sort of defense, whether it's a guard from Gustang to literally just be be beside her and protect her no matter what happens um, to continue up the tower. I feel like it would be weird for her to just say I want... Like, one of my wishes is to be a ranker, to get to the top of the tower, because Gustang, obviously, is one of those people who looks down on people, and, you know, someone of her stature that he already knows, I feel like he, just as a person, wouldn't want her to be, you know, at the top. Like, like the top of the tower is regarded as such this, like, place where only the strongest can go, and if he looks at people so condescendingly that he does, he's not just going to let anybody go up the tower, even if they wish for it. So, with that said, I feel like it might be, like, a bodyguard or some other item, in a sense, that they can physically give her. Um, and of course, vengeance, like it could be a mix of the three because you have three wishes. So one of them immunity in some way, whether a bodyguard, whatever, she's already had a bodyguard. We know from ghost way, way, way back when. So I wouldn't, what if it was ghost? Well, that'd be weird. They just like spawned it. She's like, I want ghost back. It just popped out. But, um, yeah, no, I feel bodyguard in some way, uh, vengeance in some way, whether, uh, against Bam's crew and gang, whether specifically endorsing or not, it's weird because she couldn't kill anybody. Um, or at least I couldn't foresee a Sayu killing someone over a wish, especially from Rachel. Um, so maybe it's just to mess with them. I don't, obviously she wants Bam to follow her because that is just, We've gone in on her personality way back when, and it's been pretty clear that there's no way she's going to cut ties and move on her own route because, like, pretty much that's the only reason why she's living is the fact that Bam is chasing her. Um, So in some way, I feel like she's going to try to fuck with them um, with what, I don't know, some sort of revenge possibly or vengeance in a way. I don't think it would end up in killing someone unless, you know, who realistically would she kill and any of us not burn down inside his house. Um, <laughs> and yeah, some sort of immunity, an item maybe, um, foresight, something like that, or even knowledge in general. I don't know. It really depends on just how to read, ha- how to read, how to not look like a stupid, ugly bitch, but um, for yeah, dummies. <laughs> for, for dummies. Yeah. So something of that nature, if there's magic involved, the world's endless. She's fucking changing herself, getting like a, Boob job or ass job or something. <laughs> Where do we go? <laughs> I will say this. If she uses any of these wishes for anything other, like, for any petty shit, like, I'm, I'm more done than I already am. Bro, you're literally talking about the queen of petty. Like, <laughs> when, whenever you've ever that's, seen a scene of her and saying. not be petty, so you know but, at least one of these three, if not two, are going to be for but petty. But it's, like, it's like the penultimate, like, 
example here because you literally have a golden goose opportunity to just leave all that shit behind, cut the crap, and like if you actually care, give a damn about getting to the top of the tower, like that should be your trajectory. Not yeah. fucking with other people, not trying to settle some score, not trying to like slap in Dorsey because she like yeah. no, no, no. Whoa, 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 you know whoa but I mean? you you can't forget Isaiah. She's perfectly human and has human human attributes, and that's why she is such a great <laughs> character. <laughs> that's exactly what the people who believe that sound like. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty spot on there. I just yeah. made a lot of enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I am. The more I'm reading this, though, like I don't think it's going to be some like genie style thing where Gustang's so like either. pocus pocus, psh, yeah. and it's just like there, bam. Like yeah, I think that, that Gustang literally thinks that he's like. I'm so fucking cool that like whatever you tell me, I'm gonna be able to do immediately anyway because I'm just that fucking cool. So it's like, oh, I want Dorsey dead. It's like, sure, ex goon, go do it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh I want like this. Whatever like, someone like you could want, I could probably get. I on. could achieve anyway. Okay, so there is no okay. magic that's needed. Yeah, you I, know what I mean? I do kind of so think. Pathetic. I think he might be fucking with her also, mm. where it's like. It's not necessarily from this pr- the perspective of like, oh, whatever you ask me, I could definitely do. But it's like, huh, yeah, I'll give you three wishes. What do you want? And like sort of like in the vein of like the monkey paw thing where it's like, you know, she'll ask for something and he'll give it to her. But it's like more to fuck with her yeah. than it is to like reward her for getting the thing. You know what I mean? Maybe. But you know what's interesting? She does have to physically get something out of this because when we – I remember when we had a Rachel discussion a while ago, it was asking how do we see her continuing in the story and, you know, is it through power-up, is it through knowledge, is it through something? And that item that she had gotten during that time was what Gustang gave her in that Stingray. Mm-hmm. And now if he is taking it back – she loses everything that she gained in a sense. So the leg up in the competition that would keep her in this tower. So honestly, she quite literally needs something as in an item or a bodyguard or a helper to keep her sustained in the position, especially if she plans on climbing the tower, because if not, it's physically impossible just to manipulate and climb on like coat hands and or coattails. And I'm also curious if one of the wishes will go directly for the thorn that uh, her and Bam were racing for because that, that is an obtainable yeah. item and we know that Gustang is able to pull strings to do that if we know way back from the workshop workshop arc. So that is something that probably is going to be on her mind and I would imagine one of the uh, wishes as well. And if she gets it, I'm going to kill her. So it's just, it's just so interesting to me because it's like, it just feels so shoehorned, does it not? Like, why does Gustang actually give a fuck who Rachel is or what she wants? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's why I keep leaning towards this, like, he's got to be fucking with her, right? Because it's like, Gustang, why do you give a fuck all people about what Rachel wants? Yeah, like, he, Rachel's literally nothing to you. Yeah. It's like going up to an aunt, you, what are your three wishes? And it's like, bruh. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what, what I mean. Doing? And, like, that's why it feels, because if it was, like, Yura, right, or somebody who actually cared about Rachel, then it's like, okay, feasible connection to somebody that wants Rachel to, to survive. But, like, and that's what feels so shoehorned about it. It's like this dude who literally couldn't care any less about Rachel all of a sudden is now, like, now Unless that he cares losing, about Rachel. And he's masquerading it as the whole, like, vermin, vermin, because that's just his M.O., because he can't be a normal person, call someone by their fucking name. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's doing this whole, yeah. like, thing, but, like, there Put actually is something I'm, in Rachel. I'm smelling mm. 90 kinds of fishy in this whole conundrum here, and uh, I just, I'm not liking it. I'm not liking any of it. None of us are. Gavin, hit us with the next question. Ooh, our next one is by Irene Sharda. What do you think about the changes in Karaka and him admitting that Bam is the one his master chose. Where do you think his decision to simply watch Bam for now takes him? Very interesting question. Um, I personally like the changes in Karaka that he's had. Um, it just makes him more likable. And I mean, you 
we have liked him before, but it's like the more you just get this other side of him that it was pretty guarded off before. It's like, it's almost a vulnerability of him when like, it's like with anybody, when they admit something, you know, they have to like muster it within themselves to admit it and put themselves out there. And, you know, it's, it's almost a vulnerability thing that, that I see. And it's, it's kind of refreshing, especially someone for Caraca where you just think like deep, dark, scary. And it's like, he might not be, that to a T. Uh, so that's really cool to get that insight on him. Um, about admitting that Bam is uh, the one his master chose. So I don't want to butcher this too bad because I don't really remember. I, I remember bits and pieces, but um, to my remembrance of back when uh, Jin Sung visited Karaka in his castle, I remember the conversations that we've had like prior to where it obviously they weren't on the same page. It almost seemed like Karaka was scheming on the sideline and Jin Sung wasn't really about it. So that rift was almost like there to begin with. And I feel like obviously Karaka would know that, especially after the visit at said castle when Jin Sung came there. So um, I, I don't know. For me, it's just like, at that point, if you already know there's a little bit of a disconnect and then you see Jin Sung like going so hard for Bam, like literally going against Jihad, you know, it's, yeah, maybe my my master chose Bam. You know, he had kind of a rocky relationship. He wasn't feeling what I was doing. And, I mean, he's literally willing to fight Jihad for this kid. So, yeah, I'd say that's kind of a given that um, Bam is the one his master chose. Uh, however, we don't know too, too much about Karaka's prior relationship with Jinsung and how close they were. However, it obviously wasn't as, I guess, strong to where he would fight Jihad over him. Or, or I mean... I don't know. I'm just guessing at that point. But um, where do you think his decision to simply watch Bam for now takes him? Um, I don't know where it takes him per se. I don't know. I feel like it's not. It's almost out of respect now because obviously Jin Sung, you know, Karaka just didn't necessarily wash him off. He respected how strong Jin Sung was as a person and as a mentor. And obviously, if someone of that validity had an interest in BAM and saw something greater in BAM that it means something. It's not just, you know, a fart in the wind that is probably just a mistake. Like, there's something about this kid that probably is worth worth watching and seeing how it develops. So I feel like with this decision to now watch BAM, it might actually help Karaka grow more, maybe in a positive light and not being, you know, seen as so dark and cynical, which we know he probably isn't all that cracked up to be, even though, you know, he kind of play, he has that mask in front on. Um, and it might just, if for me, it's going to flirt, hopefully flourish his character and development more uh, in an interesting way. Cause you can honestly go like 80 different routes with the Krakus character. And that's what makes him just like really cool and just really ominous. So um, yeah, I think it'll take him down a very interesting path. One that I'm willing to see and wait out for. So yeah, I hope all is best for him in the future. Um, I think, what do I think about him admitting, uh, I think it's like, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Obviously, like you said, from that conversation way back at Karaka's castle, Karaka and Jin Sung's relationship has been, you know, on the rocks for lack of a better term. And, uh, you know, they, they are no longer once the master pupil, you know, dynamic that maybe they used to be. Um, and you know, I would, I would probably even say that there's a hint of jealousy from Karaka to Bam, right. Of being like, oh. I get it now. You're the one that Jin Sung wanted, like someone like you. Um, but, like, you know, I do say hint of jealousy. You know, I, I don't think Karaka's the type to be like, well, like, well, fuck you then. And, like, you know, <laughs> just go off on Bam. And, like, I mean, clearly, you know, he doesn't. Because I think Karaka does have a sense. 
maybe not the full idea, but a sense of like the bigger picture here, and he, whether it's just what he wants to get done or what or what everybody slash what needs to get done. Um, I think that leads into this like what's his decision here to watch Bam. I think it it definitely puts him into a much more for lack of a better term, relevant position in the story because realistically, if he was going to be Bam's enemy, like there's no reason he shouldn't just try to kill Bam right now other than this fiasco that comes up. So it's interesting that it comes up when it does because it it justifies how they're going to continue to either coexist or somewhat exist in the same vicinity and not immediately try to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I in sort of what Gavin was saying, I do actually hope that it, by the end of this, we get some like Karaka character development and that he becomes or ends up, you know, as more than just like that menacing dude in the mask. And that like, you know, there's some, we get some maybe, you know, reasoning, some, some understanding, some, you know, empathy as to like how he ended up in his circumstance, why his world, because I have this feeling, because right, I'm already on hell on the train that he's related to Wang Nan and they're both Jihad's kids. That's they came from his baby milk. That's just what <laughs> it is. Um, so I think that uh, Karaka is like a twisted version of what Wang Nan could have been. Um, so I think that you know, uh, but so I'm curious to see like how that would have happened, right? Wang Nan obviously had a very mysterious upbringing, but if it wasn't for that uh, that woman or the you know the maid, I believe, or whoever that raised him he probably wouldn't have developed like this sort of like really righteous and, and courageous uh, personality. But so I imagine Karaka had a much uh, like the opposite, right? So I'm curious to see what that is, what viewpoint specifically that gave him, how that pushed him to align with a group like Fug, you know, where he got this, this thing where he can separate his heart into a different, you know, hell vortex or whatever, all that stuff. I, I do want some more Karaka stuff because I, I know a lot of people like Karaka and I kind of hope that it's more than just like, well, he's, he looks cool. You know, that's my yeah, point. no, good points. I, I like Karaka too, and I, I'm really hoping that we get some sort of development there and just more answers about him, yeah. <laughs> just in general, and like what his motivations are and stuff. I do think it's interesting because I'd like to relate this back to Jin Sung too, and why I th- and how these how this affects the question here. What do you think about the changes in Karaka and him admitting that Bomb is the one his master chose? So. I do think there's a there's this respect level for Jin Sung because Jin Sung is not to be messed with as we've seen unless you're Caliban or a princess or you you get my point. Um and Karaka does have utmost respect for him not only out of fear for what he could do but for because of the things that he taught him, right? And and the respect that he showed him Karaka. But I think Karaka beyond looking at bomb is just like, okay, oh, I see how powerful you could be now. And that's why Jin Sung chose you. Um, I think it's more along the lines that he is understanding that Jin Sung, I think chose bomb, not only for his incredible talent, which was definitely a factor, but the fact that I think that Jin Sung chose bomb because bomb not only has the potential to beat Jihad, but to do it in a way that doesn't continue this, cycle of hatred right we use this a lot we've been watching a lot of attack on titan you get the pain speech you get my point but like bomb is a way to do this and also do it without having to succumb to the worst kind of devil that you could possibly be like look at karak and his fighting style literally he's like satan himself you know what i mean and he's had to resort to that like demon almost like your whites right like a lot of your slayers are like evil incarnate and it's like well, how much better are we than what we're trying to dethrone here? Like, yeah. this is just kind of a vengeance party That's here, right? And, like, I think Bomb is the only person, or at least Slayer candidate, 
who's different in that respect. And I think that he really changed Jin Sung in a lot of ways, which we see. And he trusts Bomb because of Bomb's character, not only because of his raw talent, right? And I think that Karaka, through Bomb's charging in and how much he was connected to Jin Sung, and then putting the pieces together that it's like Jin Sung was willing to give his life for you too, that Karaka may have had the potential to be that, but lost it along the way. And I don't know if that's true or not, or if he was always like kind of from the beginning or whatever, or if just Jin Sung, you know, in teaching him that, never tried to flesh out the good parts in him because he needed someone like Bomb to flesh him out of him first mm -hmm. so he could recipro reciprocate that, right? So, like, I think Bomb is just this different kind of animal that Karaka is realizing that it's like oh he didn't just like you because of your talent he liked you because of your character and I I know Jin Sung wouldn't just like belly over for like something so simple so I'm going to watch you and maybe there's like uh, maybe there's a little bit of this where it's like I look at it and I could change my perspective going forward like you know, it's just I become so cold, cool, and calculated because of what I deemed because out of necessity. But, like, how far does that take me once we accomplish the goal? Um, maybe overlooking that, but that's at least my thoughts. And uh, where do you think his decision to simply watch Bomb takes him for now? Um, I think it hopefully makes him become more in tune with himself. What is my mission? Why am I going through with this? And this is going to really come with more answers we get on Karaka because he's probably going to have his own pretty justifiable reasons. But opening up a little, I even think his armor is ironically kind of symbolic about the fact that like he's very sheltered and secluded and we don't, and his heart is somewhere else, right? He doesn't use his bodies and like we don't know anything about him and he's not ready to give anyone any information. He's very secretive. And like I do think deep down, especially if he's related to Wang Nan and we've seen that you know, Wang Nan is able to be the best of everything. I think if they are related, then there's no reason that Karaka can't try and embody that as well. He might not be as successful at it, but the point is, is I think there might be a real little beating heart in there besides the giant one that he has in hell, you know? And Join if he could, yeah. And if he could maybe unlock that, that would be kind of cool. But those are my thoughts. So Gavin, did you already answer this one? Mm -hmm. Okay. Who's next? Me? All right, that's awkward. <laughs> uh, it's like, what's going on? Nobody's talking. <laughs> oh, me? <laughs> anyway, moving on here. Um, we have question five by Andergriff. Thank you for the question. Andergriff asks, does the fact that Bomb not only didn't try to save Rachel, but didn't even think about trying to save her, make you feel more confident in the resolution he made when he chose not to kill her? Uh, I do. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little more, I'm more confident in the fact that he's sticking to his guns in the sense that he's like, I'm not coming after you anymore. And this was a pretty prime example because if he was going to do it, this seems like a pretty good place to do it. Right. The fact that he's like, I'm going to prioritize other people over you. And it's really, excuse me, not even a thought. Uh, to come after you and your well-being means that I am genuinely done with you. I'm not going to go out of my way to try and destroy you. As we've seen, he had his chance and he didn't take it there. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to save you, right? Like the Batman thing that we were saying. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, yeah. So I think I, I definitely have a little more confidence in his decision to not at least chase after her, Um like he said, so it seems like so far he's sticking to his word, but that's really all I have on that one. I don't know if you guys have any differing opinions. Um, do I feel confident in the resolution he made? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's one, like, it's like, I feel like it's one thing when, because it, it wasn't like Bam went into a room and had to, like, individually save everybody and, like, walked up to Rachel's cell and chose not to open it. There was, like, actually five other things happening, and yeah. Bam wasn't even the one technically who, like, saved the hostages um so i think it's one thing to like passively 
indirectly not think about her. It's another to like be presented with the chance to save her directly and choose not to, um, which I think for me, the latter would really like justify my confidence in his resolve to where this one, it's like, well, most people probably weren't thinking about Rachel off cuff. Um, so that's my thing. I think it's, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, I think it's, I think that's what he's thinking, but sort of like what we see in train city and like, the test is going to be the next time he actually sees her, you know? Yeah. Gavin? Yeah. No, I'm not confident. <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah no. no. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't have, SIU wouldn't have posed that whole conversation with her and just the fact that he still has unanswered questions from her. And just for the mere fact of that, we know he is going to, if not, it's not that he's going to necessarily go out of his way to make sure she survives, but it's that whole indirect thinking. When push comes to su- when push comes to shove, if it's given, if it is his decision to be given, he still has unanswered questions. And honestly, even if they're answered, you already know something's going to get pulled out of the other cheek. But um, yeah, either way, long story short, I'm not confident in this because of this examples that Isaiah gave. And uh, push comes to shove, he still has answers. So that he wants, or he still has questions that he needs answers to or feels that he needs answers to. So unless he gets it from another person, and even then I feel like I wouldn't be confident in, in it 100%. Um, yeah, I think the case is closed for me there. All right, fair enough. Oh, cool, cool. All right, last question comes from... No, nope, there's one more after. <laughs> which was a test you got. Congratulations. Um, you get to shut up now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Um, okay, so question six comes from Jacera. Uh She says, who do you think the narrator is? Considering the fact that they had opinions of our characters by saying, you arrogant people, uh, they might be closer to the story than we think. Also, who do you think the, com- or, yeah, what do you think the comparison of the tower to the ocean by saying it changes come to it as naturally as, t- as tidal waves? The tower has often been compared to the sea, being that Shinsu literally translates to divine water and that a position is called fisherman. Um, I, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit the other day. Um, by that, I mean yesterday, cause that's when we read this. Uh, <laughs> I think it could be, and I don't have any basis for this and it really doesn't even make sense, but fuck it. Nobody knows who it is. So, uh, I kind of feel like it could be like Enryu or even Fantanium. Like, oh. it, like, I don't think it's actually anybody who's got like a stake in this story. Like, I don't think it's anybody who like has a real main you know, visible presence here. I think it's somebody who like is almost like observing, you know, who who's watching the story unfold with us, you know, or who understands the events that are going to happen or that is happening. Um, and actually the only other person I think that that applies to other than those two is he Cause what's he doing down there? Is he still down there? No. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I think it's definitely somebody who is pretty disconnected from like the turn of events that are happening in the story. And that in, that it's that is what sort of gives them this position of like oh you guys think you understand what's happening like this is this happens all the time you know this uprisings like this and stuff it, it, you know comes as naturally as tidal waves this you know this is sort of the way or the will of the tower or maybe even the world and again whether that's Hedon referring to the tower because he you know I've already in my head canon he's some big brain tower controlling dude um or someone like Enryu or maybe Fantanium, which again, I know makes basically no sense because it's been almost confirmed that he's not, you know, he's not a part of the story or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think cool it would, if it was him. <laughs> that's what I was, yeah, it would be cool like if it's like this guy who somewhat like started events in the story, but who's again, overall pretty disconnected and sort of has this outside looking in vibe where it's like, 
you guys don't even like get you're just like you know you're here fighting amongst each other like this is going to be the end all be all like mm-hmm. this is this hap- this is the will of the world you know I don't know it's my issue what do you think Evan um no I actually my mind was initially thinking an irregular of some sort like Fantani or Enryu um the only other possible oh, oh and Hedon as well I would never keep him out of the equation um the only other person that honestly is more like the your wax jelly bean in the bag that I'd say um, would be what? Uh, <laughs> well, what you, you never you heard could, that. Yeah, you gotta say that again. The earwax jelly bean in the bag. You know, like the mystery jelly beans. They have all the weird funky flavors, and it's like, oh, you can get strawberry, or oh. you can get earwax, or grass, or like I have never cow heard farts. That shit, like <laughs> really, because I just came up with it right now. That's why. Um, <laughs> I'll get my dunk hat. You made me a fool. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> no, I was at the store the other day and I saw them and I was like, why would anybody buy these? And then my girlfriend <laughs> bought them and it was the worst fucking thing ever, bro. <laughs> That's a story right there. <laughs> Dude, Gavin's not thinking outside the box. He's thinking in a different box. Yeah, so I <laughs> made another box. <laughs> he made a triangle and he's yeah. thinking in that. It's like wild. <laughs> yeah, I love you. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> So, with that said, uh, the weird outliner, I'd say, and no, don't bash me, please. I'm so sorry. Uh, Arlene, I'm just throwing the name out there. I don't know why. I feel like it'd be cool if it was like Bam's Why would anyone really bash me for that? that? I don't know, Who dog. Fucking I say idiot. two plus two is pull four, and people say it's 32 <laughs> and call me stupid. I don't know. My mother beats me. I'm kidding. I love you, Mom. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it'd be cool if Arlene was in there. Uh, for no honest reason or... Um, Argument, it would just if Arlene popped there, I'd be like, dope, that'd be pretty cool. I guess the question question is if the person, if this is like a memory of a saying, because Arlene's dead, right? So, wouldn't if it is her, this would have to be like a like a like a flashback, I guess, or like a all I'm saying is I didn't see a dagger in her and like her current grave site with her bones still in it. So, you know, the rule, I mean, bam, bam died as a baby, and look at him now, like, (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm just saying, all right, I'll put the dog's head, never mind. Sorry, yeah, I was just <laughs> bringing people to school today. <laughs> no, no, honestly, I'm probably far off with that one. But um, yeah, I thought it'd be an, it could be an interesting tie. Um, don't know how, but yeah, I'm just why not Arlene? Yeah, yeah. it obviously has to be somebody. This kind of goes without saying, but it has to be somebody powerful, right? Because we're pulling the whole. Because <laughs> weak like, people can't speak. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weak people can't speak. Duh. Um. <laughs> No, but I feel that the language that's being used, like, you arrogant people, again, this whole, like, philosophical dancing shit, where <laughs> it's like, so yeah, that I love so much, instead of just being like, you're all fucked. You know what I mean? Him being like, tidal waves crash, the seashells go on the shore, my butthole itches. You know what I mean? Like, these kind of people, it's just like, you can just fucking say it. No, I'm just playing. But um, I think to use this sort of language, like, you arrogant people, I think, you know, you got to be cognizant of what's going on and just to be cognizant of what's going on already tells me that you have some sort of power because really the people that don't have power measurable aren't in the loop on all this kind of stuff regulars doing their day-to-day like can't wait to beat the second floor test you know what i mean they have no clue what's going on meanwhile 44th floor people are just like blowing up and stuff so like you got to be in the loop which means you have to be somewhat powerful so i think it's someone of power i think hedon was a good one that could be something because he seems to be all you know yeah, you puppet know, okay. yeah, puppet string man, Pinocchio and shit. <laughs> but um, that would be a good one. I was also thinking potentially uh, jihad, 
and that he potentially knows what's going on because now that we've seen Jihad and we kind of get it, I can't believe that Jihad just like doesn't know what's happening until someone reports and someone's like, reporting, sir, you know what I mean? Like people lost. Like I think Jihad is just like, he kind of has a good idea of what's happening now where it's like he kind of maybe gives a damn. So it's like he has this like kind of bird's eye view of things that go down, you know, um, maybe not as much, not like a crazy amount. Cause like Yuri's like, Oh, I'm going to go talk. And if he was like really, really in the loop, he'd know that the things that she did, but maybe like more of a, like, you know, don't play me stupid type thing. Um, so I don't know. I think the language there maybe where it's like, I think by saying changes come as naturally as tidal waves, I don't, I don't know necessarily reading into that what that means exactly, but I, I, the way I looked at it at first was that although tidal waves are something that can naturally happen, um, like the change that a tidal wave makes is is not a normal thing. It's not like here's a natural transition or change that's happening. It like destroys everything in that moment. So for somebody who's so afraid of change, it seems being jihad <laughs> might make sense that it's like, you know, you guys are dabbling with this and you're trying to bring about this great change, but like, you don't understand that this is going to, the change you make is going to swallow you whole. I'm the one that's trying to stop So I can uh, just, I know cause you asked and a way that I, my perspective on it um, really comes from uh, the part where it says uh, saying change comes to it as naturally as tidal waves. For me, it comes like waves are literally just compositions of itself mm -hmm. being built up on said self. So mm -hmm. when you have a rift that starts and a problem that starts, there's un there's a foundation to it and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, such as a tidal wave, because it always starts as nothing, a flat, an ocean, and then a ripple then causes it. And then the, that ripple builds and builds and builds and builds. Mm -hmm. And then that's what eventually you hit the tidal wave, the pinnacle, and then everything falls from there. So I think they're talking about the natural, the, the, the gradual building of said normal wave into a tidal wave being the change in people's mindsets changing until the eventual topple down. That was my interpretation. Okay. So I don't know if that no, 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 you could be absolutely right. And I think the, the whole quote would definitely help like the whole, oh, yeah. the whole thing. Cause I'm just par parsing it from this, mm -hmm. this question, which has like three lines in it. I also so kind of feel like the you arrogant people, I don't know why, but I get the, I mean, I guess it's just an assumption really, but the inflection or understanding that like, Whoever's saying this is like actually kind of right, and so to me it'd be weird for Jihad to be saying that because like Jihad that is one of the right. most arrogant people that exist, and he's Fair. wrong. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like, like I feel like whoever's saying this is saying this about everybody, and like they're they're kind of right. Mm. You know what I mean? So like again, that's what leads me to this like bird's eye, somebody outside looking in view of like Enryu or like whoever or yeah, Hidon. Yeah. That um, can make sense. Yeah, and also I again like you said you know, we're kind of you know, picking up the crumbs of this quote here, but like, it seems to imply that like everybody in this tower is fighting so hard to bring change when change is inevitable and very natural. So like Jihad, who is deathly afraid of change. I don't know, like, you know, this would, this would be a weird thing for him to like, be that's fair. Yeah. Terms with. The, the only thing too, with the, the Enryu one specifically Enryu would be that I'm pretty sure when, correct me if I'm wrong here, when they're going through this whole monologue narration, they're showing characters like bomb like miss chenny people from all different sides right it's mm -hmm. not just like they're focusing on like these are the guys i don't like like you arrogant people mm -hmm. so it's it would be interesting for enryu to be like you arrogant people and including bomb into that mix when he was the one to be like hey the messiah is coming like i'm kind of here to pave the way It'd be kind of weird for him to like call him arrogant 
you know, like to kind of lump him in because it seems to like be like you arrogant people. Like doesn't matter what side oh. you're on, you guys are arrogant. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that, you know, Enryu, whether he like believing in Bam or vouching for Bam or wanting Bam, like doesn't necessarily mean that he, you know, thinks Bam is flawless or like wouldn't fault him because, you know, and, and, and let's just even say that Bam isn't at the penultimate of his character arc yet. Right. Maybe Enryu's like, you could be the savior of everybody, but you've got a long way to go. Like, you're, you know what I mean? So he might just it might be a blanket statement in the sense that like, bam, like you don't even realize the fight that you're fighting isn't the fight that you're supposed to be fighting. Mm. Like, you know, like something like that. I think it's Hedon. The more I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hedon yeah. does start to fit a little bit more because it's mm. like he's the only dude who's like. <laughs> you know, like he knows, or, or I think he knows just everything. Hedon, canon. All right. Next question. Gavin. Last one, actually. <clears throat> Last question by Riru. Uh, what do you think about Gustang as a character? How sus oh, I should have saved my rant. Yeah, you should have yeah. saved your hand, dog. Uh, what are your predictions for his end goal, and how will he reach them? Um, dude, he's just he's a weird, weird guy. I mean, obviously, he's one of those people who has the money and the notoriety to get pretty much anything that he wants, if not close to everything that he wants. Um, so usually, people of that. Um, esteem aren't the best so i would just with that assumption say he's pretty sus uh not to mention he's just been pulling strings and i don't really trust him especially since he even gave rachel something just to, yeah i honestly i don't believe him just because he gave rachel that stingray thing even if it wasn't meant for her or anything like he didn't trust my boy bomb like from the get-go and give that to him he's pretty sus uh, um and it's also like just interesting because it kind of makes it seem like he's not as invested in bam or his storyline um in terms of like backing him. So it, it like leads me to believe that, okay, if he's not invested in bam being the person that changed the tower, um, as many people are, is he trying to like culminate it to where he's the one who's going to do it? And I feel like even he, like it, it, like that, it would come to that point of arrogance where he's like, I'm the one who's going to do it. I just need to have like all the, like all the stars align in that regard. Um, and I mean, it would be arrogant, probably fits him perfectly. Um, so yeah, I think that's my predictions is that he really doesn't give a crap about anything that's going on with Bam and team or any of that nature, unless it aligns with his goals and something that he needs, which is why he gave him the item to begin with, uh, or Rachel, I should say. Um, so yeah, he's really just in it for his own regard and his own end goal, which I'd imagine is killing Jihad. And so, I mean, he kind of has no choice now because Jihad's after him. Um, so yeah, and maybe even becoming King himself. Because he's arrogant, and I mean, arrogant people like more power, and you know, if there's somebody above them, they probably want to take it over. Um, so yeah, that's probably his thoughts on an end goal. My prediction is he's not going to get uh, completely there, because it'd be weird if he just became the new king of the tower. Um, so yeah, maybe he just has a change of mindset, something with Bam, that, like, I honestly, I don't even like the way I'm going because his goose thing is probably not. He's not going to have a 180. Um, yeah, end goal, death. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> no, but I feel like his goal is some sort of power or at least um, not blackmail, but something to hold in Jihad's face, whether he's bored or just wants to do it. Like, he's obviously trying to do something to hurt Jihad in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and he is going to be a manipulator and just really do whatever he needs to do to get what he wants to fulfill his said desire. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I I think Gus, Gus thinks he is a weird character. I will be like, because I don't, 
there's part of me with the whole like he's decided to like protect uh and like team up with Garum and like you know align with her to watch for you know this person who's supposed to be the prophecy being Arlene's son mm-hmm. um that makes me think that a not only is can we not only can we at least trust him to not side with jihad but that he's been against jihad for probably longer than we think um which i love i love this idea we had this way back when the whole idea of like the family heads was first introduced i loved the idea that these guys were not just these like random 10 dudes who would all take a bullet for jihad that like this relationship was actually pretty rocky and that like jihad was keeping this shit together on a string and that like if given the chance some of these dudes might take a knife to him if they could um and we see that exemplified with somebody like us staying which I, I think is i is really cool it adds a much in my opinion needed layer of complexity to that whole hierarchy of the jihad empire um but that being said you know pointing out and remembering the fact that when he was talking to bam how much he refers to Arlene in admiration, but um, disgust for V. I don't know necessarily if Gustang just being against Jihad means that he's for us. And by us, I mean like Bam and, you know, our focal point of characters. Um, Because, you know, he did make an emphasis when he was talking to Bam about giving him the second thorn and stuff about people telling me and you looking like you are this worthy successor is not enough. I need you to prove it to me. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't trust Gustang enough to know necessarily what he truly wants and if what he truly wants is only for his best interest or, you know, again, like our best interest as in Bam and company. Um, because like you said, he's got a lot of money, he's got a lot of power, he's got a lot of influence, and he's he has a very narcissistic personality and a very, you know, shrug off, you know, condescending, I think, you know, less of everybody that isn't me personality which does not lead well usually to working with others but but then it's like but he has agreed to work with garam and put this whole conundrum into place for x amount of time so it's like i don't know i feel like as for as many reasons as i have to trust him i have just as many to not trust him i'm very you know middle of the fence with him yeah he's he's really sus and uh i wouldn't be surprised if he was out for himself to establish his new order of something at the end of the day, which Isaiah and Gavin kind of highlighted means that just because he's against Jihad does not mean he's for us, meaning bomb and crew here. So I think, you know, through his actions so far, it would indicate that, that he, you know, doesn't like Jihad, but that he has his own way of doing things. And he believes that maybe it's him that should be in charge and usher this new era, right? Going back to the quote of his messenger saying that there's going to be a rift that's created here declaring war and that things are going to, you know, things are going to change here in the tower. Cause now that I'm here to do it or whatever might not be the case, but I have a feeling it's like when you think you are that much of the shit that it's like, you probably think that you could easily run shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like, it'd be weird to be like, I'm going to topple Jihad and then I just want good things. Yeah. Like, or whatever, like whatever anyone wants going to be like, no, you're all fucking bugs. So I'm going to do what I want, you know? So I think that might be his goal um, to topple Jihad for his own reasons, whatever they may be. It just so happens that some of those, things coincide with bombs group at the moment because it's like hey we both want jihad out of the picture but that doesn't mean that gustang might not be your enemy as soon as that's done so that'll be interesting and as a character he's just kind of a prick um you know just like all jokes aside like you know if i always respect the character that has power but utilizes that power to you know protect the weak or to treat people with respect 
And, you know, there's a quote from, uh, from Demon Slayer, the manga, that always stuck with me. I can't remember it exactly, but you remember the, the fire Hashira? Oh, and his mother yes. tells him something uh, along the lines of like... Those you, who have strength have a duty and or an obligation to use it to protect those weaker than them. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. Like, I always respect the characters like that. And um, and not that, like, I'm, you know, I'm like, Gustang, put on your cape and just go start saving people in need. Yeah. I don't mean that, but I mean, like, the point is, is like, I don't care how powerful yeah. you are. He's just so like, far opposite you of know, that. <laughs> it's like, you don't, like, at least Yurik's calling you his baby. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, you don't have to call someone a bug. Like, that's a pretty heavy insult to just levy at someone. Like, just, they didn't even meet you yet. You don't even yeah, know what they're yeah, about. They yeah, might yeah, like yeah. parfait, and you like parfait. Or, like, <laughs> might like folk music. Or, like, you guys have fucking interests, and you'll never know that. Because you just called them an insect. And you even get a second to know the guy, you know? And it's like, you just think you're just so above everyone else. And it's like, you're not. You're fucking not. So it's like, can it, all right? And just relax a minute because, well, you know. He is above a lot of people. But, but not everyone, okay? But, right, but but that, but even if he was. that shouldn't be the reason to treat them as it, Exactly. Right? Like, there should be no Yurik reason. is above a lot of people, exactly. but he doesn't treat everybody like that. Exactly. It doesn't give you an excuse. could probably stomp out a lot of niggas. No, it, no, 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 for sure, for sure, you know? But it's like, I could already picture a lot of the defense being like, uh, well, if you're Gustang and you're that powerful, like, I think he's got his right to be at that <laughs> point because, like, people always levy that argument that it's like, somehow it's like, once you pass a certain line, you are now justified yeah. and God, you with this God, given, yeah, morality just goes out the way. And then, like, not only is, like, you have the power to do it, but that's okay. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, now yeah. you're just like, everyone's a piece of shit. That's not me. And, like, that's the end of it. And it's yeah. like, no. It's like, it makes sense <laughs> that he that treats works. people like that, but that doesn't make it the right way to exactly. treat Exactly. And that's my beef with his character just in general. Um, so, yeah. Gustang, you go to hell. <laughs> I've declared war on the Gustang. Right, that is the takeaway from yeah. this episode. <laughs> no, but anyway, those are my thoughts on them. Um, but those are all of the questions that we had today. So these were fun. Uh, definitely a fun conversation to have. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. A lot of laughs here. If you did, make sure you guys are leaving a like on this video, subscribing to the channel if you are new here so you don't miss any future content on the AOA show. Also, check out the AOA Reacts channel. The link is in the description down below where you can catch our live stream going over these chapters that we were talking about today today and the end of season two many more to come as well we're finally catching up we're close we got like 70 odd chapters left at the time of recording to catch up to where we are in season three and i'm really excited for it would love to have you guys along for the climb there uh, and comment your thoughts down below on this video what did you think of the questions posed our answers to them our discussion anything stick out to you or anything that we might have glossed over um, we're curious to hear uh, or read all of those comments down below. Uh, big shout out to our patrons as well, especially our acolytes of anime. We have Stoic and we have Nathan. Uh, thank you very much. We love all of our patrons and all of our fans from the bottom of our heart and your beautiful faces. And uh, we also have our comment of the day. Gavin, if you'd like to read the comment of the day and then we'll pose a question. Hoi, 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 hoi. So today's comment is by Joshua Pettis. Sorry if I butchered your last name. Uh, Rings and 13-month series was the answer. So I could be wrong, but I think Bam knew that Kuhn was still alive before confronting Rachel, if that changes your thoughts on him finding out about Ark and Prince. But as always, great video, guys. Much appreciated. Um, mm, 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 mm. all right. Do any of you guys remember 100? Uh, percent Yeah. What what the what the context was yes. for it? Yeah. So just for starters, rings in 13 months. The question was, what were the two components that make up the key mm -hmm. to the 135th floor? So he got that correct. Um, and somebody had posed the question about now. You know, do you think Bomb would have went harder on Rachel when he told her like 
piss off, never come back, if he also knew that Arkraptor and Prince had died virtually by her hand, especially Arkraptor, because he literally did, do oh. you think he would have, like, really put the, the hurt on her? And we were saying something along the lines of, well, if Kuhn, if he didn't do it and he thought Kuhn was dead, then, like, I don't think that Arkraptor and Prince, unfortunately, would have changed that, because if anyone... Not that Bomb didn't care about them, but, like, Kuhn is, yeah. like, pretty top. So I think the comment is saying... Um, uh, so he says, you know, I could be wrong. So, you know, fair enough. Um, but Bomb may have not known that... Or, rather, Bomb may have known that Kuhn was still alive, actually. Um, as in, like, he's not totally dead. Like, I didn't see... You know, like, he's in this stasis mode. So maybe that let him go a the little only bit easier. Thing that I think... That that uh, the only thing that, that puts me against that is I'm pretty sure in the conversation he says like why did you kill Coon? He had nothing to do with this. Yeah. So if he knew Coon was alive, like he, I would imagine he'd say like why did you try to kill Coon? Like he does. His language does not infer that like he thinks Coon is anything but dead. Mm. You know. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I don't know. Have to go back and read it. Um, I'll get to it. I just told you. (laughs) (laughs) I say it's like, I am the end all be all. Anyway, uh, thank you for the comment and uh, question for anybody who would like to get their comment read on the next discussion video. Um, Who do you think the narrator is? Hmm. Oh, well, that's not, like, an objective question. Yeah, no, all. totally mm, subjective. No, totally not. It's a good one, but... It is. It is. <laughs> uh, oh. oh what number am I holding behind my back? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, who's I, your favorite wife? Why is it Yuri? <laughs> <laughs> I keep on going forever, dog. No, I got one. Um, what is the What is the gem, the name of the gem that Calavan is guarding? Oh. If you can answer that question and then write Gavin's in the tank, because to be honest, I forgot too. So no, I remember. No, it. I'm just kidding. What is it? What? I can't tell you the answer. Ah, <laughs> I, I can't tell. All right, I'll tell him the answer. No, I know. Oh, I was oh, messing with you. Because it's an amethyst. They're purple. <laughs> Good that you didn't answer. That was the test. <laughs> Don't answer. Um, so anyway, answer the question down below and then write out your comment, and we might just read it in one of our future discussions. Um, but regardless, thank you to everyone who watched the video and comments regardless. Uh, we appreciate all of you. But until next time, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you all on the Peace. Peace. Ninjas are samurais, blaze of the cool knives. Find me in the leaf of the cloud, screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though, who like seeing parts fly. They like what you saying. Goma got more through the storylines. I tested your neck from the start. My hunters gon' come for your heart. I promise you'll land in my boulevard. Left them in one piece. No.